Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now you can bet on any NFL game this week with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score in a game can win $100 in free bets when a team scores you score. Just remember to use the code PHNX when you sign up. Cheers and Susel here with Johnny Venerable. And Johnny, I was doing, we, I was on that PHNX podcast earlier, the one that Michaela hosts. And yeah. we had an awesome conversation. And we played like a little game owner, GM, head coach, broadcaster. And yeah. we went around and picked current players on each of the professional sports teams in town. And, you know, which player would you choose to be owner? Which one would you choose to be GM, head coach, broadcaster? So I thought it would be fun to kind of continue that into the top of our show. I'll go ahead and just let you know who I picked. And then I'm curious okay. to hear the course because it was a fun conversation. So for uh, owner, I picked DeAndre Hopkins because okay. he's probably the most business savvy out of anybody on that team. Okay. For GM, I picked Jordan Hicks. I just feel like he is good with relationships and he has a super high football IQ. And for coach, I picked Colt McCoy because I do think that he'd be a great head coach, but then also because Cliff Kingsbury just earlier this morning said that Colt is the only one he knows of that eats with some of the coaches sometimes and feels like he is a coach. Uh, nice. Love that. On the team. So I'm going to go with that for head coach. And then broadcaster, I picked Justin Pugh. I feel like he has sort of a Joe Thomas vibe in Joe Thomas. Yeah. A lot of success. Uh, post NFL career as a broadcaster. Justin is fantastic with reporters, with media. He's hilarious. Um, he's passionate. And in, in the past when the team has been awful, has not shied away from, you know, speaking with reporters. So I think he'd be a fantastic broadcaster. So I will turn it over to you. Something tells me that we lost Johnny. All right. Well, we lost Johnny here. Uh, he said, he just texted me. He said, be right back. So I'll continue to have a conversation with myself. Um, 
I, I was talking earlier and I felt like Justin Pugh and DJ Humphreys should actually have their own show, which is something that I would definitely sign up for uh, and watch. I think they're both fantastic broadcasters. Owner, obviously, if Larry was still a player, um, you know, he's probably everybody's first choice when it comes to owner because, well, he's already part owner of the Phoenix Suns. So that's a natural fit. But um, that was just a fun game that I wanted to start off this podcast with when I was not a solo podcaster. Johnny lives in Maricopa and he said that um, he doesn't know what the deal is, but his internet just hasn't been working lately. And he warned me that this might happen. And uh, here we are. All right. Well, we can go ahead and get into some of the injury updates from today. Again, Kyler Murray still day to day. The encouraging thing, though, he mentioned today that uh, he is uh, Tay has taken quote crazy strides rehabbing that ankle injury, that high ankle sprain. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that he for sure is going to play. He didn't practice again today, and. Um, he's still, you know, he's still listed as day to day. So he, he seemed in pretty high spirits and he said that, uh, you know, that's the plan is to play on Sunday, but you never know at this point. Uh, they also, you know, drug it throughout the whole week. Kyler talked last week and it was pretty much up in the air until game time, who was going to be the starting quarterback. So certainly don't want to push it, especially in a week, you know, like you've got a, an opponent, like, Carolina Panthers, no disrespect, but I'm certain that they feel that they can beat the Panthers with Colt McCoy, especially at the performance that he put up last week. DeAndre Hopkins is still day to day. We are still waiting on Johnny as well. Um, and Cliff mentioned something that was pretty interesting earlier today that they decided to change up the the practice schedule. And it started with, they changed typically where media is allowed to go to practice and then they have in-person media availabilities on Wednesday. Um, and they changed everything to virtual and kind of changed the schedule around today. And um, I believe that's because the Cardinals just decided to change their whole schedule around. Instead of going to uh, having like a full practice, they just did a walkthrough because they realized that they're kind of banged up and decided, Hey, we're going to try something new out. Um, and so on Wednesdays, I think moving forward, Cliff is kind of testing out just having a lighter day on Wednesday and kind of mentioned that they just, they just want to get to the bye week um, at this point. And if you take a look at the Cardinals injury report, uh, the amount of guys that did not practice today is really long. Uh, I mentioned Kyler, uh, Buddha didn't practice. Aaron Brewer broke his arm. That was officially announced today. So uh, they're going to be without their long snapper at least for a few weeks. And they're going to have to find another guy to uh, play that position. Chase Edmonds did not practice. Max Garcia, Hop, Rondale Moore, Jordan Phillips, Justin Pugh, Jonathan Ward, um, all did not practice. So they're definitely banked up. They recognize that. Um, and, you know, they're smartly, Cliff is sort of reevaluating what they're doing in terms of their preparation and have decided to, to change things up. 
Uh, we talked to Isaiah Simmons as well today, and he had a pretty encouraging soundbite. I think at this point, everybody's encouraged by what they've seen when this team has faced adversity and certainly what they saw on Sunday against the Niners with what they were able to do with a lot of their starters out. Um, and Simmons feels like with the situation that they have right now with injuries, here in the next two weeks before the bye, they're really going to learn a lot about themselves. Here's what he had to say. NFL ball, next guy up has to be able to come in and, uh, you know, get the job done at the end of the day. Um, it's going to be nice to get to this bye week, yes, just for the fact of being able to get um, some of our key players back. But, you know, I mean, this I feel like this really shows us how good we really are as a team, just being able to go out there each week and, uh, you know, just perform to a level we could perform. I feel like last week was uh, – you know, gave everybody, you know, a look at how well we all are just with all of our, we had a lot of starters out um, just everywhere um, on our team, offense, defense, special teams. And um, I feel like just times like this just really shows us how well it is. So yeah, it'll be nice to get there, but also I feel like these these weeks coming up is really gonna be like the backbone of our year just because of um, just the way we take upon these games with guys who maybe are not starters. Some bold words by Isaiah Simmons. Johnny Venerable is joining us once again. Johnny, can you hear me? All right, I think I'm just going to do this whole podcast by myself because he is frozen once again. All right, this is an interesting show. And let me take a look at the comments. Uh, yeah, Johnny is definitely pondering. Um, Cardinals update saying... I would feel much safer for the rest of the season if Colt started just to be extra safe with Kyler. I'm assuming you mean uh, feel safer for the rest of the season. <laughs> if he just sat one more week, I'm assuming, and not Colt starting the rest of the season. Uh, but yeah, I think we agree. And yes, Cardinals update. This is this is a Peloton behind me. Um, I had some interesting issues before we got on and had to move my setup real quickly. All right, we're going to try Johnny once more. If it doesn't work, then uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it as it is. This might be the first time I think we've done this Cardinals podcast with just one person. It's most definitely the first time I've ever done it by myself. So. We are, we're moving on. Um, and Cardinals update. Yeah. If Colt started this week, I agree. I mean, I mean, listen, it, the fact that Kyler Murray still has not practiced. I mean, I think that speaks volumes, especially when they changed practice to kind of more of a walkthrough. I'm assuming it was because he was rehabbing during that time, but you change it to more of a, a walkthrough type of practice and he's still not out there again. It's Wednesday. Um, still, you know, still days left to practice and um you know it, it's not out of the question but it's definitely you know mostly most of the times when you have people out that are on you know Wednesday or, or midweek it's like you know eh, it is what it is but the fact that Kyler's been out this entire time he missed the game on Sunday he's out again today there's something to be said for that so um you know listen if he gets to Sunday and he feels great and nothing's bothering him, then play Kyler Murray. But if he gets to Sunday and his ankle's still bothering him, absolutely do not. Uh, he is, Colt McCoy proved himself on Sunday, 
Everybody has confidence in him. He is more than capable of carrying this team to a victory, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, a team that they really should beat in the Carolina Panthers. Sean, I appreciate (laughs) your super chat very much. I appreciate your support very much. Kudos to you. You're doing awesome. Thank you. I am really just winging this one. Uh, Really feel uh, exposed without my my uh, my partner in crime here in, in Johnny with his with his bad internet. So uh, again, feel free to chime in. Just trying to go through some of the storylines of the day, what was said at practice. Um, but you know, I think that was mostly the gist of it. You know, just high praise for Colt McCoy. I mentioned it, uh, or you know, at the top of the show, Cliff giving some insight into the type of guy that Colt is really feels like he is, you know, almost like another coach out there. Um, Just a super, super high Q down to earth, um, always prepared type of guy. Um, So, you know, would like to get, you know, everybody back if that doesn't happen, um, you know, whatever position it may be, you know, like to get Kyler back. But if that doesn't happen, uh, the show must go on. And I think this team is, is uh, you know, plenty confident in the players that they, you know, roll out there. Isaiah Simmons, you know, again, saying that this is going to be kind of the backbone, this, these next couple of, couple of games of their season because of what they're going through. Um, but, you know, I've mentioned this earlier in the week. I feel like this team – thrives in those situations. Like the more adversity that they have to face, it's not like, oh man, how are we going to do this? This really sucks, et cetera. I mean, I, I genuinely think that they, uh, you know, they don't like to see any of their teammates go down, but they like the more adversity that stacks up against them. I think they feel like, Hey, just bring it on. All right. Before we move on, let me tell you a little bit more about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And my pick of the week, it's a parlay on tomorrow's Thursday night football game between the Ravens and the Dolphins. So here's what I got. Uh, A Marquise Brown anytime touchdown combined with the Ravens winning the race to 10 points. The Dolphins stink. I know Marquise Brown is dealing with a little bit of a back injury earlier in the week, but he should be good to go. I put 30 bucks on this parlay. If it hits, the payout's 81, which means I'll pocket 51. So uh, rooting for the Ravens to get off to a fast start and Marquise Brown to find the end zone. So that is my DraftKings Sportsbook app pick of the week. If you have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, if you do so, please use the code PHNX because, again, you can bet $1 on any t- either team to score in a game and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. As always, though, 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Johnny, are you there? Hey! Oh, Johnny! I oh man, you. I hate this town. If you're Johnny, from Maricopa, Maricopa, man. Oh man, what I can't. I wish doing? I, I wish I could. These damn people and their shitty internet. We're back. I'm sorry. Well, I apologize. I don't trust it now because I thought you were back like five different times. Oh my god, what did I miss? I was, Probably a lot I was, of good stuff. Missed a lot of just rumbling like a freaking idiot. That's what happened. Give me something to talk. Let's talk about something, man. I had my. 
my owner, player, coach, all queued up, and then boom, I lost you. But we're, well, I'm here now. Let me. I was just getting to our deal of the week, and then we can okay. go back to um to if you if you still want to share your owner GM stuff. I mean, at this point, what's a rundown at this point, you know? So here, I just wanted to tell all of our members what our deal of the week is. You buy one, get one, all Suns t-shirts. So I definitely like anytime there's a buy one, get one, whether it's Cardinals related or not, I always want to let our members know because it's a great deal. We've got four uh, totally fire Suns related t-shirts on phnxlocker.com. You do not have to be a member to purchase one, but members buy one, get one free all this week, which I feel like is a darn good deal. And it is. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I said that so that everybody was aware of it. If anyone was trying to add to their collection of awesome Suns gear. All right, Johnny. I'm so glad you're All back. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh man, that's that's great. We've had a it's been a shitty evening for the two it's of us. Or- seriously, a train wreck. No, like <laughs> y'all only know half of what went on, like leading up to us. Okay, being here. All right. Hey, buddy. at least yours was at least yours was off air. All right, here are my picks. So owner Kyler Murray, because I believe he will one day own this team figuratively. Figuratively. Kyler Murray's your owner. Yes, not literally, because I think as his, his stature grows, he's going to, quote-unquote, own this team. So I could definitely see him calling the shots alongside Michael B. one day. So in that scenario, you took all, first of all, you took all the good answers. Uh, I would mirror a lot of the responses that you had. So Kyler Murray, default, is my owner. My GM, I will go with Hopkins. Remember, once upon a time, it was Hopkins who recruited J.J. Watt. Hopkins also had an interest in bringing Julio Jones on. He tweeted out that picture of he and Julio Jones and AJ Green. I think he'd be a phenomenal recruiter for potential talent. On the coaching front, I'm going to go with Rodney Hudson, who is like a coach on the offensive line, who has elevated that group. They've had mismatches at guard. He's been the constant. If you don't believe me, go watch the tape from last week when they had like five different combinations at guard. And Hudson coached that uh, offensive line to an impressive performance. He would be my coach. And then what was the last thing? Broadcaster. Broadcaster. I will go Buda Baker. I watch Buda Baker's snap stories on Instagram. He's hilarious. He's one of the smoothest players on the on the Cardinal roster. If you've had a chance to watch any of his postgame pressers, he's he's fantastic. So I would I go Buda Baker as an, my broadcaster. I think it's just an Instagram story, not a snap story on Instagram. But yeah, Insta story. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm 33, man. I'm allowed to merge all this shit together. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon here. Put me in, coach. I'm Johnny's backup. Elon, you where are, were you yes. like 15 minutes ago, man? I would have put you in. What is yes. as a, a link to join the show? That's what I should have done. I should have I should have been like first first to click the link. I'm going in the in the comments. Can can sub in for Johnny and co-host the show with me. That's what I should have. If I was smart and quick on my feet, that's what I would have done. And this Cardinal uh, Sean, podcast is, is by fans for the fans. And so that would be very appropriate. <laughs> uh, I got uh, I got a, a, a pity super chat from Sean saying kudos to you. You're doing awesome. That's how bad it was. While oh, you were Sean, <laughs> it wasn't bad. I, I caught glimpses and, and, uh, and sound bites always. Can count on Sean for support. Appreciate it, man. I'm back. Let's hammer this home, man. Well, did you want to? Um, all right. So, 
uh, easy, no steroids, is asking why the change in practice. So one of the topics that I was discussing while you were gone, Johnny, is they they kind of changed up their whole schedule today, um, including um, like practice availabilities, um, and they changed the uh, media availabilities to Zoom instead of in person. And um, so we were all kind of wondering what the deal was with that. But come to find out, it was just Cliff deciding he was going to change his philosophy when it comes to how hard they're going to go on Wednesdays because they're so banged up right now. And so instead of doing a yeah. full practice, they did more of a walkthrough today and it sort of changed the whole schedule. But um, it just it just goes to show. I don't know that it's necessarily, um, you know, a big like warning flag. Like at what point do we get worried with this team? Like how many guys have to go down uh, before we get worried? But Cliff's definitely recognizing and the whole team's definitely recognizing like uh, we are really banged up. We've got two weeks till the bye. Let's just try to make it to the bye. Um, and you saw that reflected, you know, even with a, with a simple change. I mean, it's, it's interesting to change, you know, you're this far into the season and you change up an entire Wednesday and what you're doing, uh, for, to prepare for a game. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. It's a, ta- it's a challenge in attrition. They'll have played in my opinion, four physical games entering the bye. the Packers game, very physical. Anytime you play San Francisco division rival on the road, very physical this week, Carolina, third-ranked defense, that's not going to be easy, especially for an undermanned Cardinal offense. And then next week, you go on the road to Seattle, always physical divisional game. So I can understand that. And so you talk about adding a game over this course of a 16-game season, now 17. And the Cardinals, you know, they're in a position, uh, unfortunately, where I I can say this confidently, the Packers are going to be able to coast at some point, as are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They could miss a game or two. They might be able to sit players late in the season, the Cardinals are going to be competing with the Rams until the very end of this season. And they can't afford to drop a game here or there because they're going, you know, they're the resting players or they're going all out. So they kind of have to manage that time during the week and pick and choose their battles. Now, thankfully, it's one of the deepest rosters in the NFL. Their 53-man roster, I believe, is, is second to none in terms of depth. I mean, they just won at San Francisco with a backup uh, quarterback, a mismatch interior offensive line, a bunch of B and C receivers, a backup running back. I mean, it just is a testament to the talent they've collected. They're not top heavy like the Rams, but in order for that to stick over the course of the season, they not only want to be healthy to compete with the Rams and inevitably win the NFC West is they don't want to run out of gas. So many Cardinal teams under Bruce Arians. And I love Bruce. They ran out of gas at the end of the season. That 2014 team was banged up and they lost that first round playoff game at Carolina. The Cardinals don't want to duplicate that. They want to be humming all cylinders. Um, and we haven't had a chance, Cheerson, to talk about Kyler Murray yet. I, I think he plays this week. I don't know definitively. Well, we didn't get um, a chance to talk about it, but but I've certainly covered that already, Johnny. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I will go on the record in saying that I do think he'll play this weekend for whatever it's worth. Yeah, I was mentioning that. I did think it was interesting that even though they moved it to a walkthrough today and it really wasn't a full practice, that he still wasn't out there. And that's, yeah. that probably has something to do with because during that time, he's probably you know rehabbing. But he also mentioned that it was good to to be out there and to see it. So then that makes me think like, okay, no, he wasn't rehabbing during that time. He was out at practice. And 
just didn't, even though it was walkthrough. So it's interesting. It's only Wednesday. And typically I would be like, okay, it's Wednesday, no big deal. But because he's still not practicing and he already missed a game, um, I would I would want to lean towards, yeah, we're going to see him. And he yeah. said he seemed super hopeful uh, that he was going to be able to be out there on Sunday. But I am not 100% convinced by any stretch of the imagination. I would not place any money on it. That's for sure. No, I would not either. At this point, and that spread, 10 and a half, 9 and a half, it's a lot of points. Cardinals haven't played their best football at home. They played it on the road. Uh, and I think Carolina is going to rally around P.J. Walker. I don't think they'll win, but it would not surprise me if the Cardinals won by five to seven points. Huge spread. Um, even with Kyler playing, I mean, like, is Rondell Moore going to play? He's got a, He's in concussion protocol. Is A.J. Green going to be cleared from COVID protocol? What, what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, it might, we might throw it back to 2019 and it's just, it's Christian Kirk and it's Kyler Murray out there and you let the chips kind of fall where they may. This could be a big week for Zach Ertz. Speaking of Zach Ertz, it is his birthday today. So happy it birthday, is. Zach. And one of his favorite um, or his, his biggest fans, a young man by the name of Gio, better known as Gio, the Philly podcaster or sportscaster i forget one of the two um yeah he is actually going to be uh, uh, on our show this time next uh, week want to get your internet fixed you've got one i will i promise I, pr- I promise you're really excited to have geo on he sent yeah. a very sweet little uh twitter video message to zach saying happy birthday yeah. And uh, we're going to have him on. We're going to, he's a new Cardinals fan because when his favorite players leave Philly, he kind of becomes, you know, fans of the teams that they go to. And oh, cool. uh, you know, we're going to talk to the newest young Cardinals fan and get to know his thoughts on the team as well as his thoughts and his relationship with Zach Ertz. So happy birthday, Zach. And hopefully we're able to talk about a really big Zach Ertz performance on Wednesday as well. So that'd be that great. All right. Well, this weekend's game is the return of a former Cardinal by the name of Hassan Reddick. And you could argue that the reason Reddick is no longer on the team was because Golden's contract might've had a little something to do with it. So let's take a look at Marcus Golden's production compared to Hassan Reddick's production with his new team, the Carolina Panthers. Golden has had 18 tackles, nine sacks, and four forced fumbles, while Reddick has had 26 tackles, eight and a half sacks, and one forced fumble. Two great performances by two great players. Yeah, I wrote an article, shameless plug, gophnx.com, revisiting the decision to let Hassan Reddick go. Uh, it's something I didn't expect. I thought they'd resign him or at the very least franchise tag him. But the more you go into it, Cheerston, they had Chandler Jones rehabbing a bicep. They were intent on having him come back. And then, you know, Steve Kime made it a priority after trading a six round pick for Marcus Gold midseason last year to say, okay, Marcus, you're not leaving two-year, $9 million deal, which is maybe the best defensive value in the NFL going right now, considering the guys on pace for career highs and sacks and tackles for loss. So that meant Reddick was the odd man out. 
There was also internal belief with the Cardinals that he may or may not be able to duplicate what he did last year. I'm happy for Hassan because he's put that to bed. And we can go back and forth about did the Cardinals, you know, do a disservice to him, screwing up his development early on, forcing him to play inside linebacker. I would argue yes, not a good move. It also didn't help. He had three defensive coordinators in three years. And, you know, this podcast loves Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph was the one late last year or late in 2019, his first year that said, move this guy back outside. We need help outside. This is his natural position. And he flourished because of it. Last year, Chandler Jones goes down. Devon Kennard, not the player that they had hoped. They hadn't had Marcus Golden yet. They kick Hassan outside again, 12 and a half sacks. So I would have loved to have seen him stay a Cardinal because, you know, the difference with Marcus and Chandler, I love both those guys. They're over 30 years old. Hassan is 27. Hassan is, again, going to be a free agent this offseason. But I would venture to say, Cheerson, if he ends up with, it's not only the sacks with Hassan, he's on pace for over 20 tackles for loss, which is undoubtedly going to be a career high. So he's on pace to either get a franchise tag that's going to pay him upwards of $20 million next year, or he'll, he'll sign a lofty extension. The reason that he opted to go to Carolina was Matt Rule was his coach at Temple, and his defensive coordinator in Carolina, whose name escapes me, that was his defensive coordinator at Temple. So he said, I know you guys. I trust you with my development. I'm going to come and sign a one-year contract. I, they've got a lot of problems in Carolina. Hassan Reddick is not one of them. So I hope that have an opportunity to go to the game this weekend. And everybody roots on for number 43 because, again, here's the biggest thing. Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, love both those guys. When they got unhappy with the front office, with the coaching staff, whatever, they demanded trades. Hassan Reddick's development was kind of screwed up by this organization. They remedied it, but early on, did he pound the table and say, release me, trade me, I want to go somewhere else, play me at my natural position? Nope, just kept his head down and, and kept working. I respect that, especially because, I mean, it probably cost the guy, you know, eight figures, certainly in his fifth-year option not being picked up, and then also... Probably would have part if he would have been drafted. I always use this example, Cheerson, because he was the 13th overall pick. A couple spots behind him, Denver and Baltimore. You think if those two organizations had drafted Hassan Reddick, he wouldn't have remained an outside linebacker and probably signed an extension and and been there and had you know generational wealth for he and his family. I I I I, I happen to think that that's true. So long story short, happy for Hassan. Uh, disappointed that he wasn't able to stick around, but Marcus Golden to me. He's everything that you want in a player, phenomenal in the locker room, somebody that they're going to build around. And I still think that Chandler Jones' future with this organization, it's it's an unknown right now. Had a good game Sunday, but again, once big money, what we know definitively is Marcus Golden will be around next year. It's a loaded draft class with defensive end prospects. So the Cardinals have a decision to make, but I don't think Reddick will be back because I don't think Carolina makes the mistake the Cardinals did, and that's allow him to leave. Elon Musk with the super chat. Thank you, Elon. Johnny got that Cox internet. You need Starlink. What he needs is to move out of Maricopa. I just got here. Somebody blame all the people from California that have moved to Arizona that are jacking up these housing rates so I can only afford Maricopa. It's sad. I want to live in Scottsdale or Tempe or Mesa or Chandler or somewhere, Phoenix. But no, drive down south on your way to tucson stop off in maricopa <laughs> come hang out with me at the ihop that's where i'll be <laughs> using their free wi-fi <laughs> please 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 do a show from your local ihop i would love that we've See got an ihop 
We've got, let me think, a KFC. Um, all the ch- you'd love this, Cheerson. All the chains, all the mm. chain restaurants that you love. Right on my Minimal, <laughs> minimal local restaurants, unfortunately. So we just need more people to move here so then they up their game. So come right. move here. Maybe right. that's the answer. Right. Um, I did I did want to make a comment though before I move on from the Reddick situation. I, I definitely feel like, you know, anytime you are moving a guy out of his natural position, it's not working out for him. And voila, you move him back and he excels. And, you know, I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like for a multitude of reasons, a player may or may not fit with a team, with a coach, with personnel. I mean, there's a long list and that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so hard to, you know, especially when you get to the national football league, um, you know, to, to excel in it. And I, I hate to blame anybody for that. I mean, it's so funny because I can't, I can't get OBJ out of my dang head. But you can't. You're obsessed with him. You're I, obsessed with Odell Beckham. I just, I know. It, it, but just, you could just point back to like the way thing, like it, the NFL isn't fair sometimes. And you hate to say it because whether you're right or wrong, whether OBJ was right or wrong, whether, you know, Reddick was, uh, you know, whether moving Reddick was right or wrong or whatever. Um, at the end of the day, it's like everybody's trying to figure out, you know, how do we win? You know, what's going to work best in terms of moving pieces around, drafting pieces, getting rid of pieces, the money. I mean, it's a game, right? And so I, I hate when, um, you know, like players or people kind of just point to like, oh, well, you – you ruined this or you ruined that. Um, at, and you can certainly point to Hassan with kept his head down. Yeah. And I, just like you, I certainly respect him for the way that he handled everything. And when he finally got his chance and I'm sure behind the scenes, I'm sure at some point he was advocating um, for it, but at the end of the day, he, you know, wanted to play, wanted to be on the field and was willing to do what the coaches told him. And, you know, whatever was said behind closed doors was said behind closed doors, but you didn't hear about it in in the media. And then and then, you know, he gets his opportunity. He makes the most of it. And, you know, again, it's the business side of things. But I think he landed in a good spot. He seems to be having a lot of fun in Carolina and Carolina fans have really taken to him. And I don't think anybody here in Arizona has any any ill feelings towards Hassan at all. So I certainly wish him the best. I I hope that he doesn't add to his uh, his sacks on Sunday. The thing I loved quickly on Reddick too is like he would have sacks, but then like he deflected passes. He was a great sideline to sideline player, uh, and I love Chandler and Marcus. But I mean, they're 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 bull rushers. They they get upfield. They sack quarterbacks. This guy, I, I can't remember. He had like two or three games where I feel like he had like two or three batted balls and um, just super athletic. And and like Carolina doesn't have a lot of great players, but like he is their, their leader defensively. Um, And yeah, I'm happy for him. Um, If we would have from Cardinals update, if we would have tagged or signed Hassan, would we still have gotten Marcus? Well, they had the money to do both. And, I th- I think they could have made it work with all three of them. The problem is you're paying to, and I, 
People love Devon Kennard. I guess he's a great person, great human being. So we're not we're not trashing people's character. Devon Kennard is like a top six player on the team. You can argue whether or not that's a good move. It isn't. Um, but they they couldn't spend that much on that one position. Uh, and they expected Chandler to come back and rebound. Well, I argue in my article, which you should go read, go phnx.com, that if, if you felt like Chandler Jones was still unhappy and he would have been able to pass a physical for somebody, I would have franchised Tassan and then maybe traded Chandler Jones. And you would have gotten so yeah. much heat for that. But now in retrospect, I mean, you'd have Golden, who's a steal of a player. You'd have Redick under 30. Um, and that I, th- it's a good problem to have, right? Um, but no, it, it would have been difficult. It worked out perfectly last year, imperfectly perfectly, with Chandler going down and you were able to plug and play Hassan and get Marcus for a sixth. It's, uh, some teams don't even have one pass rusher. The Cardinals have two. So. I feel like that was a bit of a hot take. But I think, I yeah, I, I, think I, I made better by it. I made better by it because he's having a, another huge season. I don't know if I would have done that. It's the benefit of hindsight. I don't know if I would have done that last offseason. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, like we said, it, you know, Hassan's production, whether or not he was going to be able to repeat that was still up mm-hmm. in the air. So I agree. I would have, I would have definitely, if it came down to those two players, or if it came down to any of those three, you know, like between any of those three, I mean, I probably would have allowed, you know, Hassan to go to go elsewhere. So, in hindsight, might be a different story, but um, I still think it was a, a good move overall, yeah, uh, for the best for the Cardinals um, and for Hassan, because again, I think he, uh, I think he landed in a good spot in terms of uh, just being very much welcomed, and he's obviously having a great season himself with uh, his uh, his statistics, his personal statistics. All right, so this defense, though, as a whole, if you take a look at what this defense has been able to to do. Uh, They've allowed just 140 offensive points through nine weeks, through nine games. They've had 25 sacks, 10 fumble recoveries, seven interceptions, one return for a TD, 55 quarterback hits, and 38 tackles for loss. Uh, We talked so much about the offense, about Cliff Kingsbury, about Kyler Murray, and, you know, we certainly have talked about Vance and, and, you know, how he could could potentially be putting himself in a position to get back into a head coaching role, but who I I am just so dang impressed with what this defense has been able to do with the pieces that they have Uh, because, you know, they started the season with JJ, but you know, they haven't had in the last few weeks, just the performance that they have been able to have week in and week out, save the offense, save the game for the Cardinals in certain games this season when the Cardinals offense couldn't get going. Um, just can't say enough about, about the defense and what Vance Joseph has been able to do. So head coach I'm waiting fortunately for him. And unfortunately for us, I think it were on borrowed time. Reddick's a perfect example. It's like this, this guy doesn't need a plus players across the board to be able to get results. He can put people in positions to succeed. It took him about, a season and a half to implement his defense. And that defense that he inherited in, in 2019 was bottom tier in the NFL. So we have such a short attention span and our patience is thin. And I remember that season 2019, I, I, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, for instance, shredded them that season. I think he threw like eight touchdowns against Vance's defense. And everybody's like, he's a joke. Denver fired him for a reason. It's just like, give Kime and Kingsbury credit. Like, guys, first of all, we had to court Vance to be able to come here. We're going to give him ample time to get this right. And like mm-hmm. midseason last year, I was like, this is the best unit on the team. It's the most well-coached unit on the team. They're not losing games in the second half because of their defense. And so this year, he's 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 gone, he's doubled down on just elite production. You're, you're still without J.J. Watt. You've got – I mean, we don't even talk about the secondary anymore. Ever for like three months leading into the season, it was like their corners are a huge liability. That's going to be a disaster. Like yep. literally, we, they, they're top five in touchdown, passing touchdowns allowed. Their run defense is, is subpar just because that's that's the schematics. It's a bed not break, don't defense – that defense – they go after the football. How many Cardinal teams historically have we watched that c- could not get a turnover to save their life? And, and this unit is attacking, going for the football, going for interceptions. I mean, they've had two or three or four interceptions that have been wiped out because of bogus penalties. Poor Mar- yeah. Mark, uh, Mark, Marco Wilson can't get an interception because the officials keep throwing flags. So uh, I, I think may not be this offseason, fingers crossed, could be in two years. He's going to be a head coach in the NFL again. Um, and I hope they, I was like just talking to my dad the other day. And he's like, who's the coach and waiting defensively. I don't, I don't know if there is one. That's a little scary. Hopefully we don't have to, we don't have to worry about that right now. Billy Davis, the linebacker coach once upon a time was their DC. And you know, with all due respect to Billy, you know, that didn't work out. So if they, they need to have a contingency plan when, and if you lose Vance Joseph. And um, I mean, you look around at the NFL coaching landscape a lot of these guys, the you know Brian Dables of the world, the enemies, they're not having great years. These guys that were supposed to be tailor-made and ready for these head jobs. Then you look at a coach that has head coaching experience, took over as interim coach, went 2-0 this year, has a top five, three to five defense in the NFL with a lot of cast-offs, a lot of non, non-household names. And he, he'd check a lot of boxes for me if I'm, if I'm an owner. Yeah, one of the top teams in takeaways, and Isaiah Simmons was talking today how, you know, Vance Joseph teaches CPR, which is club, punch, and rip the ball out. And, you know, I know, I love it. And you would think that, like, every defense would preach something like that, but... You know, he was saying, he's like, when we start off like every practice with CPR, 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 and like that's what's always on their mind. I mean, this defense is made and is taught and practices turnovers. And so whether that's interceptions or CPR, forcing a fumble, um, you know, you know, I that's that's a defense that I can get behind. And they've had a lot of success in turning the football over. So all around um, just props to Vance Joseph and, you know, the fact that you have two guys that are going to be on the field in Chandler Jones and Hassan Reddick and, um, and uh, or Marcus Golden rather Hassan Reddick, but you can throw Chandler in there too. And these are all guys that are, you know, the beneficiaries of what Vance Joseph has done. Um, you know, it's it speaks volumes, not to mention, you know, this uh, overall success that the defense has had this year. All right. Before we get to the mailbag, just want to remind you guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code PHNX. Bet $1 on either team to score in an NFL game. You can win $100 in free bets when a team scores. You score. If you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, the more legs you add, 
The more money you can win, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All right, let's get to this week's mailbag. Our Bird Gang Blitz mailbag, that is. And we're going to go with Dylan Peterson first. Do you think Kyler and D-Hop play Sunday? So I think no. I'm just going to go with no. I just don't feel confident enough at this point to say that they're both going to play. I'll I'll play devil's advocate. I think they're they're both back. I don't know how much action uh, D-Hop gets. Uh, I don't – he's – too, too consistently active. Last week was an outlier. Kyler's talking up his ankle, um, and he, by all accounts, looks looks like he's ready. So I will say both are active. But I, yeah. you could have Hopkins. Unlike Kyler, you can have Hopkins active, and he go out there for thirty percent of the plays. Yeah, I agree. Well, for sure with Hop, for sure. Yeah, and truthfully, neither. I mean, neither have practiced, and both are listed as day to day. So like, we don't really yeah. know, but. I'm just going to go ahead and say no. I just think it would be interesting if they sort of run it back with the with the players that they had last week and see how they do. So I'll just say no, but we'll see. We're, we're definitely monitoring it throughout the week. Dylan Fica, Fica says, who's oh, got a better Oh, that's my cousin. Hey, Dylan. Oh. <laughs> What's up, <laughs> Dylan? Dylan. Fica. Fica. Dylan Ficka, who's got a better chance of making a regular rotation, Wesley at wide receiver or Eno at running back? I would say Eno just by the numbers game. Uh, yeah. if, if James Conner goes down, Eno's your starting running back, uh, assuming Jonathan Ward's still out. Uh, Antoine Wesley. Uh, Antoine Wesley may be the heir apparent to Christian Kirk next year or A.J. Green, but for this season, when everybody's back and healthy, uh, which I mean, which could be Sunday, it could be in Seattle, could be after the bye, he, he'll, he'll be active, but he will not be in the regular rotation, you would think. Yeah, Cliff mentioned something today, which I I was surprised he was this candid, but he was open like, hey, last year, Eno was like hanging on by a thread, almost didn't make it, uh, like did not have a great rookie season. Obviously, he wasn't active his entire rookie season, but clearly the coaching staff just didn't have a lot of faith in what he was showing his rookie year. But then he said, you know, came back to camp or came back this year and was like a completely different player. And he feels like it's a great story. Gave him praise for it, said the entire team is proud of him. And, you know, that's also a great to see. And you love whether it's a a guy that is local from, you know, grew up here or a local guy in terms of, you know, going to ASU, um, you know, they're, they are instant fan favorites. I mean, Eno has, he scored his first touchdown, but everybody already loves Eno here in Arizona, unless you're a U of A fan. (laughs) Um, And um, the way, what he did to get into the end zone had everybody thinking, hey, I would not mind seeing more Eno Benjamin out there. That was one of the angriest runs I've seen and might be the angriest we've seen in a Cardinal uniform this season. So love me some. Uh, yeah, and that quote by Cliff, that's like an Arians quote almost, hanging on by a thread. Usually we don't wow. see that kind of talk from Cliff, but it must speak to the relationship. I'm excited to see what he can do Sunday. Yeah, same here. All right. Um, Mando asks, 
What Sunday's or was Sunday's good run D a result of scheme and coaching or result of players stepping up? Um, I would say players stepping up. I, I think again, the, the run defense is hit or miss this year. Let's not use the Packer game as a barometer. I mean, that's you, the Packers had one way to win that night, and they spent all week practicing that way. And the Cardinals were undermanned and emotionally spent. I mean, the Cardinals shut down the Browns' run game a couple weeks ago. The Texans didn't do much. I, I think the 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 run defense criticisms of this team outside of the Packer game have more to do with this team the first four to six weeks into the season. I'm not so sure that's that's going to be the case anymore. Well, I think it's something that's easy. I mean, this this team doesn't really have a lot of holes. And so right. if you want to, you know, sort of nitpick at things, you could certainly point to the run defense. But, you know, I just think it's you, something's got to give for the most part, week in, week out. And sometimes it's the run defense and sometimes it's not. But yeah. uh, I, I have more faith in the run defense the the farther along in the season that we get for sure. Yeah. All right, last question from Ty. Ooh. Best offseason pickup. Oh, man. That <laughs> is the $1 million question, my man. Um, Cheerson, you go first because I don't have an answer. Crud muffin. Um, <laughs> um, snap. Okay, I feel like I feel like I'm gonna say something, and then in 60 seconds, be like, "Oh wait, wait, wait!" I changed my mind. Um, I'm still gonna go with. I'm still gonna go with Rodney Hudson. I just feel like the center position. I mean, they struggled. Uh, once Matt, once Rodney and Max both went out, I mean, the offensive line really struggled and it's such an important yet sometimes overlooked. Um, I mean, any position really on the offensive line, but I feel like Rodney's presence at that position has helped in so many ways. And when when he was out, Kyler didn't look as comfortable. And I feel like it affected the way that he played. I mean, everything, you know, it's a sort of a trickle effect, right? But I, I just feel like he is such a big reason why this offense has taken strides. But it's so hard because, you know, there's Steve Kahn did a really great job and he brought in some really great players and he filled, he feel, filled every need that they had from last year, yeah. truthfully. So I, uh, I'm going to still go Watt because I think the, his imprint is on this team, even though he's not here still, uh, he's still around the team. Um, I will default, but if I had a one, a, it would be Rodney Hudson. If I had a one B, it might be James Connor. Who's got ten touchdowns? If I had a if I had a one C, it might be Matt Prater. How many games did Zane Gonzalez cost this team last year? Prater's automatic. It if Steve, I think it's just his underlying point. If Steve Kime doesn't at least make a, like the nomination card for GM of the year, then the system's broken. He he had the best stretch of personnel decisions that I think any executive has ever had for this franchise in one single offseason. He had zero misses. I don't even consider Malcolm Butler as a miss because they didn't have to pay him. 
and they've been better off because he retired and he doesn't get his money. So it's they use and then, that money. And then the guy that kind of stepped up, Marco Wilson, you know, he was mm-hmm. he's a rookie, and so he is technically, you know, uh, an uh, an off season acquisition as well, if you want to phrase yeah. it that way. So they can't pay yeah. they can't pay Zach Ertz if they're paying Mar- Malcolm Butler. They, I mean, the Cardinals have negative money right now, and that's because they're paying Zach Ertz. So if Malcolm Butler was accounting for like eight to ten million dollars, it just—it's unbelievable. I tweeted something out real quick, Jerson, uh, after our show on Monday, and it was like combined for like Kelvin Beecham, James Conner, Matt Prater, and um, shoot, uh, Marcus Golden. Those guys are making like a combined like eight to ten million dollars this year. Unbelievable! Wow! Yeah. Golly, that's good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And then somebody's going to give Odell Beckham just big money and you're just going to laugh. <laughs> no, or he could go for the vet minimum to, uh, to green Bay. <sighs> I, I <laughs> goodness. I can't imagine that. Who knows? That was his team that he wanted to go to. I don't know. We'll see about it. See how bad anyway. he wants to play there, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, Steve Kime, Absolutely. I knew that as soon as I said one player, I was going to be like, Oh, I should have said that person, but that part. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think you have, you, you, you just, it's a different Cardinals team. You take Rodney Hudson out, different Cardinals team. You don't have James Conner, different Cardinals team. Uh, you don't have JJ Watt, different Cardinals team. AJ Green, different Cardinals. I mean, it's just every piece was so integral to, uh, as an addition to what they're, the, they're doing right now this, this year that uh, that's really hard to pinpoint. I don't know that you can truly pick one as uh, the the most important uh, or the best offseason acquisition. But there we are. More props to Steve Kime. We like to give him props on this show. All right. Well, my computer is going to die. So I don't want to be, Johnny, you left me and I know the feeling. So I don't want my computer to die. And for me, hey, to leave it wasn't me. on purpose. <laughs> I'm just saying, Johnny, don't do it again. Okay. It was traumatizing. So it was a train wreck. It was an absolute it's train like a- wreck. It's like I left one of my kids at the mall all alone yeah. defending themselves for five minutes, <laughs> leaving Kirsten alone on the stream yard. That's what this was like. That's a great analogy. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Hopefully it gets much better and smoother for the both of us.